0: This podcast covers a murder that occurred in 1983. It is a true story, and while I have relied heavily on police reports and public documents, the opinions of the host and interviewees are simply that, opinions, not facts. The credibility of the witnesses and what they say is to be determined by the listener. Everyone is presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. I really wanted to get your recollections, because to me, it's the most interesting. You were standing there and when they found her downstairs, and a lot of stuff happened from that point on. And you know, I just kind of wanted to make sure I could get your perspective and let the audience hear it because as I recall, I didn't talk to you till after I wrote the book. So I didn't get to put your story in the book. Oh. We've been talking about it a lot, you and I, and since then, but I never, I hadn't talked to you before then, so it's not a story that the the community knows about yet. So I I just wanted to be able to share that with them and give them that little perspective of yours. This is Mark Truman, and he was a Reed City High School student at the time of Jeanette Robertson's murder. First of all, I'm going to have you start at the beginning and tell me how old you were at that time in 1983.
1: Oh boy, 83? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, man, you're making me think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was 17, 18, and 83.
0: All right. And were you a a junior or senior at the time? Senior. Okay. All right. So what I'm going to have you do first is just walk me through what you remember, just your regular story, starting with, did you go straight from school to Gamble's, or did you go home first on the bus and then go from there to Gamble's?
1: I went home, you know, on the bus, and um, we had to get a battery for the car, so that's why I didn't drive the car, just because normally I would take the car to school. But being that the battery was bad, you know, I had to ride the bus.
0: Okay, and so tell me what you remember from when you got there and what you guys what you guys saw while you were there in the store.
1: Oh, I just remember, you know, going in, my mom had to get a couple of things from Gamble store anyway, you know, then the battery and it was just me and my mom. We went in and, um, one, one of the ladies, I think her name was Flossie, but I'm not sure. It was somebody that, you know, my mom and dad knew that worked there. We were, she was helping us with the batteries and stuff. And we were kind of waiting at the counter because she didn't really know much about the battery. So she was waiting for the owner to come down and help. And then I can just remember um, we were standing by the cash register, which is at the... They had a cash register in the middle of the store, which is like right by where the stairs are, to go upstairs and downstairs. Okay. And... um somebody came up looking for was looking for Jeanette and she come up white as a ghost and that's when the owner went down there and he came up and said well there's nothing we can do for her and then he made everybody leave the store which I don't understand that you would have thought he would have made everybody stay in the store because that way everybody would have been there to talk to the police and all that but
0: Now, do you – well, let me go back first. Um, Angie's the one that found her, so it was probably Angie that you were talking to because Angie went down. I just wanted to clear that up just so you knew and then for the listener. But So when when you were standing there and Angie was helping you find the battery, I think you previously told me she was looking it up in a book or something. Is that right? Yeah, 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 looking it. it up, trying to find it. Okay, so it's like one of those things where you don't know which battery goes for your spe- specific car, so she looks it up and then they pull it off the shelf. Is that
1: basically how it works? Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's when she was right in the middle of that, and they wanted—they were looking for Jeanette.
0: Okay. And why is, and I, how is it that she's the, the, owner, the one that ended up going down there? If she was helping you, how is it that she was the one that ended up going downstairs?
1: The owner, the owner asked her to go.
0: Okay, so the, uh, a man came up that, that you think was the owner and um, yeah. asked her to go downstairs to look for Jeanette? Yeah. And so he told her to stop what she was doing and go down and look for Jeanette.
1: Yeah, then he he was trying to find a battery. Then, you know, then he started looking it up in a book. So he sent her downstairs, and then he was looking for the right battery.
0: Okay. And then... Um, what? Well, I don't
1: understand why he didn't just go down and look.
0: I want to quickly clarify a couple things here. First, when I had previously spoken to Mark, he also couldn't remember the name of the woman who had waited on them, but he did remember that his parents knew her, and he thought that she had previously worked at a company called Tube Light. I learned that Angie Tilly had worked for Tube Light at the same time as Mark's father. I have also corroborated that Angie was the person who went down and found Jeanette because it is noted in the Michigan State Police Report, and Flossie herself confirmed that to me when we spoke. As for that second thing I wanted to clear up, earlier you might have noted that Mark said she was helping us with the batteries and stuff, and we were waiting at the counter because she didn't really know much about the battery, so she was waiting for the owner to come down and help. Now, this is a bit more detail than he had given me about that specific moment, at least in our earlier interviews. So when I was editing it, and I heard it and realized what he had said, I messaged him back to clarify, and I asked him if he recalled that she had called the manager to help her with the battery. His response was, I think so, but I'm not sure. So why is this important? Well. If she had called this man to help her find the right battery, then his actions are more reasonable. If she had already called him to help with the battery, and while he was on the way to the register, people started asking where Jeanette was, it makes sense that once he reached Angie, he would take over looking for the battery and ask her to go check on Jeanette while he continued helping the Trumans. Without that bit of the story, the man that... Mark Truman is referring to as the store owner, asking Angie to go down and look for Jeanette rather than doing it himself could take on a more nefarious connotation. For example, sometimes people who commit murders will manipulate a situation so that someone else will find the body. Now, I could have just edited this out in a way that I wouldn't need to clarify it, but I decided to leave this all in to illustrate how a witness statement can change or evolve over time in a very innocuous way and how a tiny piece of information can change how you look at an entire situation. I also have a general rule about not editing out content based on inconsistencies. I think it's better to take all the information in and then make an informed decision about what I believe based on everything. And I wanted to give you that same opportunity. So where before I had looked at the man asking Angie to go down to the pet department and look for Jeanette, as strange, now, after Mark relaying the story in a way that suggests that she may have asked him for help, it makes me consider that piece of information in a different way. So I guess she came up, she must have gone down there, saw her, and came up before you got the, your transaction was complete, so you never ended up getting that battery? No. Okay. Now, um, so when she came up, was that same man the one that went down after her to look? Yes. Okay, so you only ever saw one man?
1: Yeah. All
0: right. And what about other customers? Do you remember seeing other customers around the register at that time or in the store?
1: Not around the register, but there were other customers in the store.
0: Okay. And if I remember correctly from the first time you told me this story, when they went to shoe the sort of customers, when the owner told people to leave the store... Your mom sort of was still holding those Job spikes. Is that right? She kind of left and she didn't even, you
1: know. It was um, fertilizer sticks for her plants in the house.
0: So that's how abruptly she was still holding them and they, when they kind of make, made you guys leave. So she didn't walk right out with them because she never got to even pay for them.
1: Yeah. Now, yeah, they just, everybody leave.
0: Oh, boy. And And was there a group of people that left with
1: you? Yeah, yeah, all of us. Everybody that was in the store walked out. We all walked out about at the same time.
0: And then there were people there that were held at some point. So they must have brought some of the people back in that they could find from the sidewalk. You had told me also at one point that you thought you had gone next door to uh, Ben Franklin. Do you remember going over there instead of getting right in the car and leaving?
1: Yeah, yeah. We didn't get right in the car and left. We, st- we wanted to find out what was going on. And we went into Ben Franklin and Looked around. Then when the cops came, we we were outside, and um the only cop that I remember that I remember seeing was Larry Finkbinder. I know he was there because I remember seeing him there.
0: Do you remember seeing him, seeing him inside or outside of the store?
1: He was outside the store because I I just remember the, remember the car pulling off and him getting out of the car. Okay. And that's when my, when we left. How
0: long do you think it was that you guys were in the store once she was discovered? Just minutes and then you, you left? It was like he was hurrying to get everyone out?
1: Um, yeah, it was probably less than five minutes. Because uh, uh, the, there was two girls working and then there was a guy in, in there working. And they just started at the back of the store and pushed everybody right out the front door.
0: Okay. and. Um, do you remember seeing anyone actually calling um for calling the police while you were there?
1: No, I don't. The, the I remember the the guy came up came upstairs, said there's nothing we can do for her now. He says we got to get everybody out. Okay. So they were and, of- and they just started pushing everybody out and I don't you don't know who called the cops. Somebody did. Yeah. All
0: right. So, and then you didn't see the police till you came out of the Ben Franklin after that.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. They and and I actually bought some candy or something over there.
0: Oh, now you said police came and spoke to you sometime after that. When was that?
1: Um, I don't remember how long, but they came to the school. Okay. Up to the high school? Yeah, and it was... um I can't remember who it was. It was a detective, a state police detective.
0: All right. Do you remember the types of questions that they were asking you?
1: No, I don't, not offhand. That's 30-some years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm tr- I have a stretching stretching your, your memory, and you've always been so good about remembering as much as you can, so I appreciate that. So you were questioned at the school, um, and you say besides the, the manager or store owner that you saw just two women, and those were the only employees you remember seeing that day
1: yeah that's all I remember seeing that day.
0: do you remember anyone like when after he said everyone needed to get out did do you remember them looking around to make sure that the perpetrator was not still in the store?
1: No, they just started at the back of the store and pushed everybody out the front door, so if the person that did it was in there, he was pushed they were pushed right out the front door with everybody else, yeah,
0: and then it sounds like. Finkbeiner was doing the same thing because when when the EMTs rolled up, uh, Gary McGee had a recollection of Finkbeiner standing at the front door shooing customers out, too. So they it, it and I did hear that it's, they they got some of them back. And when I talked to Detective Pratty, they, th- they think they tracked everyone down that was in there. But, you know, you never know. It, it,
1: it, yeah. Right. You know, it's been so long ago. You know, it's you know, in me, I know a lot of people, you know, even back then I knew a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But if they ask me names, it's like, I don't know, yeah. you know, but if I see them, yeah, I don't, you know, yeah, yeah, I know that guy, you know.
0: I think a lot of people have that same thing because you're, you know, when you go shopping, you're not really paying attention to stuff like that. You're thinking about, you were thinking about the battery. You wanted the car fixed. You weren't really noting
1: who was in there. Yeah, yeah you know, it's like I was in there looking to get the, to fix the, fix my dad's car Because I didn't basically, I didn't want to drive a damn bus to work school
0: anymore. Uh, Yeah, that sounds like a very teenager thing. Um, Now, there's two people that were, two males that were the manager and the store owner, Dave Ingalls, and then his brother, the manager, John Ingalls. And I'm not sure which one of them that you saw. But Flossie has a recollection of calling John and saying, John, Angie's having a heart attack and him running from...
1: No, I just remember the girl coming upstairs and white as a ghost, she was running up the stairs and she was white and she got talked to a guy. I just took it. It was the owner because I saw him in there all the time. But, you know, I, she was, I remember she couldn't even talk. She just point and, you know, and she said, Jeanette, you know, and pointed downstairs and he went downstairs and he come upstairs, he come running up the stairs and, I just remember him saying, telling her, telling the lady there's nothing we can do for her. You know, get everybody out. Hmm.
0: So, t- let, let me ask you, you you went to the pet store regularly, didn't you? You went down there to look at, at stuff and browse and shop? Yeah, the hobby, the hobby part. So when you went, what was Jeanette like? Describe her to me. Jeanette?
1: hmm Real nice lady. I mean, we I talk to her all the time. You know, I was always talking to Jeanette, you know, but my sister's boyfriend at the time was, um, was friends with her. He knew her. And that's
0: Dale, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was Dale.
0: So you guys would go in there together and and just browse and chat with her?
1: Uh, yeah, sometimes. Usually I was in there by myself looking at the models and, you know, buying glue and paint and all that because I... I did a lot of models.
0: Do you recall um, being there at any time or ever seeing him and Jeanette interact, Dale and Jeanette,
1: and how they interact? Yeah, yeah, quite a bit.
0: So what did they, you know, he's one of the people that police were, you know, definitely looking at hard in in the early stages. And I think it was just because he, you know, knew her and I think he may have had a crush on her. What was your observation of their relationship?
1: He liked her. I know that. He told you that? Oh yeah, he used to, and I know he lived in Meadowview, and so did she. Mm-hmm. And he used to go to her house all the time. He'd go did down that, to her apartment a lot.
0: By himself. Yeah. Did that seem? She was twenty-seven, and he was what? Same age as you, seventeen, eighteen.
1: He was younger than me.
0: Younger than you, even. Oh. So did it seem yeah. strange that he spent time over her apartment to you? Did that seem odd, or was it she just the type that let people come over?
1: Um, I, I, personally, I, I, I thought something was going on between them.
0: Okay. So he was over there often enough that it seemed like there might be something going on? Yeah. And he would go alone or would it be a group of people that would go and hang out?
1: No, just him.
0: Hmm. Well, that's interesting. And... Do you know from her perspective, did it look like it was just he had a crush on her or did it look like it was possibly reciprocated by
1: her? I don't know. Um, I never saw him interact with each other at Meadowview or her apartment because I know Dale lived there. I know she lived there and I know he was down there all the time. Right. Because sometimes my sister, you know, we would go. I was friends with him, too, from school. And sometimes we'd go down there, go to his his apartment, no, no, you know, was, they'd say, no, he's down to Jeanette's. And we'd go down there and knock on the door, and then he would come out, and we would go do whatever.
0: So at the time, he was actually dating your sister? Yeah. Did she ever say anything like, why does he keep hanging out at her house? Did she seem bothered by that?
1: No, my, my sister didn't care.
0: <laughs> she was younger than you?
1: Okay. Yeah, she's three years younger than me. I see. So she was pretty young then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was young, and she didn't really care.
0: All right. Do you ever recall anything about Jeanette mentioning anything about divorce or hearing about it, that her and her husband might have been um, headed for a divorce?
1: I had heard rumors, you know, from other people. It could have been Dale that told me that, too. I don't remember who I heard it from. Mm-hmm. But I did hear it from People that they were um, splitting up, you know, that her husband had a girlfriend and all that stuff.
0: So it was it was it common knowledge at the time that he was already he already had a girlfriend before she passed yeah. before she was killed, a babysitter or something.
1: I I'm not sure. I had I had heard that it was the babysitter, but I don't know for a fact. Okay. But I do know that he, they didn't hide it. I mean, I you'd see her riding around with him all the time in his car.
0: Oh, really? What kind of car was it? Do you remember? He had an old Chevy Nova. Ah, so you, you actually saw the babysitter and him riding around before Jeanette's murder?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. That's why I didn't think nothing of Dale being down there. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'd heard things and... Well, you know, her and her husband are splitting up, so whatever.
0: I see. Yeah, that makes sense. I hadn't really heard that you had actually seen them together, but there was enough gossip that there has certainly I was thinking that there was something to it, so they must have been at some point in their relationship where there was divorce being discussed at least. Um, now, let me ask you this. It was, it was reported in the newspaper that someone had been coming into the store and making her uncomfortable in the days leading up to the murder, and also that she was getting obscene phone calls. Did she ever mention this to you, or did you ever hear about it before the murder?
1: No, I'd never heard anything like that before. You know, I had heard it after, afterwards. Right.
0: Besides Dale, was there any other males that you can think of that hung around her uh, more than just a little bit, or the average that you can recall?
1: No, not that I can recall.
0: I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Did any Does anything now, after all these years... Um, you know, you've had a lot of time to think about it. I've talked to you. God knows how many times I've bothered you like crazy, and you've been a really good sport about it. Is there anything that stands out to you about her murder now that you that didn't occur to you then, that, that occurs to you now?
1: Well, you know, there's a couple funny things that I don't understand. You know, it was like days after the murder, her husband left. You know, I don't know if it was pre planned or what. It just seemed kind of strange to me. You know, and it wasn't just to me, it was you know, that was a lot of people were talking about that.
0: Yeah, I definitely heard a lot about that. In the police report, though, it says he didn't leave town until like eight months later, until September. Now, I don't know if he, you know, um, if he had gone for a weekend or something away, but he didn't end up moving away until until about September of that year.
1: I know that after after the murder, like a, well, a few days after the murder, you never saw his car again.
0: Really, do you think he was yeah. staying somewhere else besides the apartment?
1: Uh, he wasn't staying in the apartment after after it.
0: Hmm. I wonder. Do you, if they were there was some talk. I remember Chief Davis saying on TV that they were living apart or separated i wonder if he wasn't even living there at the
1: time he might not have been i'm not real sure i i remember his car sitting there once in a while though
0: well he might have gone over to see the kids or watch them or whatever when she was working yeah <clears throat> well that kind of makes sense now that you're saying that mark that you didn't remember seeing the the car thereafter it does sort of back up what chief davis had said about how that they may have been separated at the time and maybe he was li- he was staying with the, the 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 babysitter i don't know
1: yeah well, anything? she was she was a lot younger.
0: Yeah, she was your 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 age, right? And and that she was younger than me, I I believe.
1: My age, or a year younger than me.
0: Yeah, her name was Lisa Miracle. I remember that, but I didn't. I don't. She has yeah. since passed away. So
1: far too brutal for a random
0: attack or a robbery. Somebody was pretty angry at this person. So detectives looked into those closest to Jeanette and discovered that she and her husband Alvin were getting a divorce. It's pretty well known that the, the husband, Jeanette's husband and her were not together at that point. It was even discovered that Alvin Robertson was seeing another woman. Still, detectives at the time were eventually able to rule out Alvin and his then girlfriend as suspects. You said there were a couple things that, that stuck out. Anything else that you remember that bothered you?
1: Well, I just thought that was kind of funny and, um, and then like Dale, he won't, he won't even bring it up right anymore. Mm. And anybody mentions Jeanette or he sees anything about Jeanette, he just quiets right down, doesn't say nothing.
0: You know, and that could be explained in different ways. I mean, um, just if yeah. you think about how young he was at the time, that must have been, let's say he just... I mean, think about it. If he's a kid that's got this crush on this older girl who is really nice with him, they were just starting up sort of getting to know each other, whatever the relationship was, and all of a sudden she's brutally murdered, and then suddenly everybody's thinking, did, if, did, did he have something to do with it? Yeah, that could have been traumatic. You know, I don't know much about their relationship at all, but that I would imagine that just even if they were just really close friends, that would have been pretty traumatic.
1: That's what I was wondering, you know, if he did he like That's why it made me think there was more going on than just,
0: yes, you know. especially if they were separated her and her husband at the time if if she, he's if he's driving around town with the babysitter in the car, and people are seeing that. people know that they're separated. So she may have just befriended him because he was younger, or they could have had a crush on each other. Who knows it might have just been something that had just begun when she got killed.
1: Yeah, I just hope they find out who did it. Even if they're not alive anymore, it's just closer.
0: I do, too. I do, too. You
1: know.
0: Yeah, and for, for her family, they deserve to know. And the whole community, really. This is something that the whole community has wanted the answer to for 35 years. You know, and, and they deserve that answer. Everybody that everybody that was in that store that day, everybody that has a vested interest in knowing who did it, they all deserve the answer, and I, I hope everybody gets it. I hope I hope we're getting closer to that.
1: Stay tuned.